Welcome to the world of Rex. I am Marvel A. Rex. I am a multi-hyphenate creature of the deep. Been loving that one recently. We are going to be talking about the energies for the week of August 8th to the 14th from a largely astrological and human design perspective. Thank you for joining me. I'm happy to have you. You can find out more about me at the link in the show notes, my link tree. We're going to we're going to dive in and I'm really just riffing today because the energy is so hectic, electric, strange, uranian. And it's uh this is the week of the lion's portal, 88. So for the big time numerology people, of which I am not, but I uh, respect, it is a big day, 88. People love 88. 88 2008, that was a big one, I'm sure. 88 2018 get those three eights in there. People love it. But the Lionsgate has an astrological significance. So I will talk about the tie to astrology there that I find really interesting and makes Monday 8-8 a very powerful day to start the week off. But this episode, I, I'm going to riff back on some things and, and pull us out a little bit because the last two weeks I've been talking about like boom, electricity, mat, like explosions, new things being revealed to us, life-changing events, life-changing realizations. I've been talking about that. I've been building us up, okay? And that's to help us, you know, chug away in our day-to-day -day reality. Just chug, chug, chug. Here we go in our little lives, our little ego lives, storylines. But I want to pull out a little bit because it's helpful. It's helpful to go big picture right now as the energy is still intense. And this is sort of a coming to, I don't want to say coming to Jesus moment, but this is a culmination moment that we are about to experience as we have a full moon on the 11th of August, which is for everybody a Thursday. That is the new moon, that is the full moon in Aquarius. Now we're going to talk a lot about that, but before we even get there, it's good to go big picture because Aquarius is big picture, just first and foremost. So the energies this week are big picture. They want to see the hawk's eye view, the bird's eye view of what's going on. And they want you to have perspective. That's that's the big thing is like what's happening on a larger storyline uh, instead of just the chug, chug, chug. Because, you know, like let's be real, the last two weeks, perhaps the whole year has been just like chaos, trash, trash, uh, trash compactor, dumpster fire, you know? <laughs> you see me like roll into that one. You know, you could argue the whole year, but definitely that North Node Uranus Mars conjunction that I spoke about last week has been a complete jolt to the system. Side note, funny note, I have to say, astrology is incredibly literal. So for everyone who's like, oh, it's just so like abstract and vague and woo woo, it is incredibly literal. And I mean that because I was talking about shocks, I was talking about electricity, right? I shocked myself twice in the last 10 days since this has been active. Like I was trying to pull out a cord from a socket and I shocked myself. Haven't done that in years. And then I was trying to, <laughs> my partner is uh, very unfond of houseflies as many people are. And we have like an electric zapper for houseflies. And of course, as I was like, you know, doing a minor genocide, I shocked myself as I was trying to get to get a fly in the kitchen, right? And I laughed both times because I was like, oh, like, what are the odds? What are the odds that, like, the archetypal energy of Uranus, who is ruling this energy, is electricity, like, literally is shocks to the system. And I got shocked literally twice in the last 10 days. You can't make it up. Okay, so <laughs> as we're in this, let's pull out really big picture here. 
and talk about what is going on thematically for 2022. And for anyone who hasn't listened to the first episode of World of Rex, I highly recommend you go back right now this week as homework and re-listen to the first episode where I talk about the Basically, I talk about the nodes in Taurus and Scorpio, but I talk about the overall and overarching theme of November 2021 all the way till about late March 2023. Actually, it's more like May 2023, if we're going to be really good about it. So they're, going back and listening to the episode is helpful because it gives us an understanding of what is happening big picture right now. So big picture, what's happening? This year, I'm going to really roll back for a moment and then I'm going to dive into the week and it's going to make sense. I promise. First and foremost, this year, starting in November of 2021, right? A little bit, you know, astrology doesn't follow Gregorian calendar. Thank you very much. But since November, we have entered a phase, a portal of commitment. The word is commitment. What are you committing to? Now, the interesting thing about commitment is that It is about quality, not quantity. It's about boundaries. It's about sometimes compromising in profound ways to commit to something. And it can be, yeah, really profound ways, right? Like compromising where you're like, oh, okay. You know, I think about people who, you know, this is very late capitalist, but who work 70 to 90 hours a week because they're like, I want this thing so badly, but they have to give up so much in order to work that much, right? And as an artist, I know what it's like to compromise and have to give up having like a regular social life because I'm so like determined to make the things that are like possessing my mind, right? (laughs) As an artist, uh, as an actor, uh, and you know, any of these professions that require a lot from you, right? So that's 2022 archetypally, fundamentally is about commitment. Now, this is commitment to, you know, your practice, your life, what you really want from your life, your relationships, and it is about quality over quantity. Taurus, which is ruling this lunar nodal cycle, is about quality, is about steadiness. Now, the funny thing, or the irony, or perhaps the what I consider the divine moment, like the divine intervention of it all, is that Uranus, over the last couple of weeks, has been massively activated in Taurus and is destabilizing the most stable sign in the Zodiac. Okay. So this is a year about commitment, right? And then in the last couple of weeks, we've had massive ruptures, fissures in what we thought we were committed to versus what we now understand maybe a new path or a different path that we now have to recommit to while the ground is shaking beneath our feet, right? We're letting go at the same time of old commitments that are harmful to us. And that's the Scorpio side of things. Scorpio is things that get lodged in the bodies in the body for a long time, like um, resentment, grudges, uh, shame, trauma. The eighth house, which is Scorpio's house, rules all of those things. And that is the release point of this year. You're committing to releasing things that harm you. This goes, this ranges from everything from addiction And I mean addiction in a very wide sense of the term, things that you do that you know are not long-term sustainable, that you do because you are feeling something that is confusing to you or that you are using to cope with harder emotions, right? All the way to relationship dynamics that are in, you know, also fall under the term umbrella term of addiction, but are also not long-term sustainable. 
also sometimes people. You have to let go and commit to letting go of people. So the word I want you to remember that really is super active until May of 2023 is commitment. The previous nodal cycle we had in 2020 and 2021 was in Gemini and Sag. And they're very different energies. Those are energies that are about quantity. They're just like, I want more. I want to experience more. I want to know more. I want to know all of this. I want to know all of that. I know everything. Sag, Sag on the other side. I know everything. Gemini's like, I want to know more. And it's a very flirty, very um, just quickly moving energy, right? There's not a ton of commitment involved. And both of those signs, Gemini and Sag, don't need a lot of commitment. But the moment November came around of 2021, the nodes shifted. Not fully, but they shift. They began to shift. And in that beginning to shift moment, it was like, oh, you had a fun time flirting? You had a fun time flirting with the idea of changing your life? Well, now, here we are, 2022, you are committing to changing your life. At the highest expression of this energy, you are committing to changing your life in a way that is long-term, sustainable, steady, compromised like compromised sounds bad but it's not bad it's like you're willing to compromise you're willing to find ways in which you don't get to have the whole pie and eat it you get to share it with the things you are committed to and understand that there is compromise in that commitment I just had a few readings this week that uh, it's so fascinating when I work with clients and everybody's having kind of the same issue and a lot of it was around finding commitment with a, a singular person but really struggling to set boundaries within that commitment or struggling to honor the boundaries in that commitment. And that's very Gemini Sag. Very Gemini Sag is kind of like, I, I just want to do my own thing. Like, I'm just going to do my own thing. I want this commit, like I want the steadiness of the commitment, but I don't really want to commit to it. Now, that's very interesting. It, it, multiple clients had this same thing happening. And I was like, whoa, the it's so interesting that we're being tested in this way because the energy of 2022 is profound commitment, profound commitment and finding what it means to be, to compromise and what it means to deepen with the things that we know are long-term sustainable for us that are still in alignment with our heart. I'm not saying that you're just like, oh, I'm going to bite the bullet and do the thing because I feel like I have to, or society told me to. This is Leo season, baby. This is the, this is the lion's portal today. If you're listening to this on Monday, this is about following your heart, but also recognizing that when you follow your heart on a deep level, on a profound, like you've done the meditation, you've done the self-auditing, you've done the work to understand what you really want, compromise is still there. Profound compromise is still there. Commitment needs to be there for the heart to be followed, right? This is the way life works is we don't get to have, there's no such thing as a free lunch, right? And then the moment you think you've got something, you still have to work at it. There's a really powerful Kabbalistic um, understanding. There's a really profound Kabbalistic understanding of Jewish mysticism, understanding of relationships in general. They basically have, I mean, this is coming from like the, the Kabbalah Center here in Los Angeles, which is to some people not Kabbalah, but whatever. We don't need to go down that wormhole. But they have a really amazing uh, kind of a lecture on being in relationships with people. And one thing, one thing they say, and I've read about it in other places, but I just, they're the last people to really iterate it for me in a way that worked was that like the moment you think you've got something, like, let's say you've got a relationship that feels really steady and you've committed to it. You're like, I committed to it. If you stop working on that relationship, it's dead. 
the moment you're like, oh, I got that in the bag, like boom, boom, I get to move on. It will die. It will decay. Everything is constantly in flux and it requires constant application of consciousness and a, a level of like, how can I be creative in every aspect of my life? This is also the Leonine energy that's so available to us right now. Leo is about creativity and play. How can I apply play and creativity to every aspect of my life, especially the places that I have committed to full time? Now, we have each one of us has limited capacity. This is important with the Taurus energy present right now. Each one of us has limited capacity. What do I mean by that? You cannot be applying creativity and play to every single external influence that comes into your life. That's where the boundaries come in. That's where the Taurus quality, not quantity comes in. This is where the Gemini needs to actually leave because we're not we're not doing the Gemini energy this year. That's it, it. You had your time. It was 2020 and 2021. 2022 into 2023 is like brace yourself, commit to the things that you know are important, cut down your list of priorities, figure out what they are, make sure they align with your heart and go hard in those areas. Go hard in those areas. The rest of it, as much as it's tempting, needs to to fall to the sur- to fall to the wayside precisely because in t- early 2023 the nodes will move into Aries and Libra. And I've been telling my clients that's going to be like massive rocket ship time. It's, I mean, it's a game changer when the, when you have the North node in Aries, which is the first sign of the Zodiac, you have a brand new, massive collective rebirth, profound rebirth. Now I'm not saying like daffodils and daisies and Aquarian age. I'm, I'm just saying that there will be a fundamental shift in the tone where it's like new things are possible brand new things are possible but the only way to rocket ship rocket ship off into new places is if you have chosen and understood and intentionally followed the commitments that allow you to feel grounded through the rocket ship ride if you shoot off into a rocket i'm using this as a obviously as an allegory but if you decide to embark on a bunch of new things in your life in 2023 and you haven't done the foundational work in 2022, you will get lost. That's what this is about. That's the big picture. The big picture of 2022 is you need to find a firmament, which is actually, as we all know, if you've been listening to the last couple episodes, is shaking, right? And the firmament is shaking precisely so you can see where to put your feet when it settles. That settling is not really going to happen for a minute, in per- really till the end of the year and I'm really liking December but December's there's a lot there's a lot going on but just keep focusing okay where am I going to stick my feet where are the places that feel long term sustainable that feel aligned with my heart that I know I'm going to have to compromise when I commit to but are worth the compromise the commitment is worth the compromise the commitment will ground me as my life shoots forward in 2023 I mean, my partner knows like, I'm stoked about 2023. I'm just like, this is, I mean, it's going to have its good and it's bad as, as our human mess is, but 2023 has a level of gusto and a level of like, let's just do it. That is so exciting to me and is a breath of fresh air for me as someone who loves Aries energy. 
And this is the hard work before that blast off. The blast off is going to be hard work too, but it's going to be like much more of a quicker pace. It'll just be really exciting. It'll be very hero's journey. And this year is more like, do you understand what's going to keep you grounded and mature? Like, how do you mature before you decide to go get the bag of gold? Like, how do you mature before you decide to change your life in a huge irrevocable way by taking on a new journey? And expanding immensely. So 2023 offers an immense expansion, but 2022 is like, how do I ground before I expand immensely? There's an idea of like, you need to have a vessel to then, you need to have a boundary to then expand. It sounds very, very counterintuitive, but it, it, it makes sense to me. There is, there is a way that that makes profound sense. You need to have an understanding of who you are before you can expand immensely. This is the idea like in Zen Buddhism and like other forms of Buddhism, they talk about like you can't bypass your ego. You can't just fully be like, oh, I'm not going to deal with my ego. I'm just going to get rid of it. You need to understand your desires, even the ones that don't serve you long term. You need to understand the texture of who you are. You need to know the parts that are like awesome, the parts that are challenging, the shadow, the light, the in-between, the things that scare you about yourself. It's so important to really understand. This is all Scorpio. It's so important to understand all of that, all of the mess of it, so that you can then transcend it. But you can't bypass it. You can't ignore it, and you, you definitely shouldn't let it run your life, right? And often Brene Brown, a Sagittarius, is like, you know, you need to write your own story and tell your own story and familiarize yourself with your own story. Otherwise, someone will tell it for you. And that is a big part of 2022 is like, okay, I'm going to write my damn story in the sense of like, these are the things I'm choosing. And these are the things I cannot choose because I know my bandwidth and I honor my bandwidth. And these are the long term things that may not feel immediately amazing the compromise may feel crunchy but long term this is what's going to keep me in a boundaried vessel that will allow me to shoot off into the rocket like you got to build the rocket ship before you shoot off and this is it we're building the rocket ship and it's very spiritual it's very emotional it's very subtle body it's not just like oh i bought a house and that's what i'm doing i'm now i'm safe and i can rocket ship off it's like no you also have to do a lot of the gunky south node in scorpio work the releasing work the tra the releasing of trauma work letting trauma come to light letting addictions come to light letting blocks of intimacy come to light and just be like i'm gonna sit with them and get to know them so that i can have some degree of consciousness and therefore intention around who's actually driving the car of my life who's actually doing it and you know if you can go into 2023 this year Next, well, next year, if you can go into 2023 driving your own car or feeling at least semi like you're driving your own car because you've done the hard work and made some boundaried commitments, 2023 is going to be fun as hell for you. <laughs> That's what I'm doing. You know? <laughs> it ain't easy. It's not an easy process. It's really easier to say it and describe it than it is to do it. I'll tell you that. And it begins with the small things because Taurus rules the body, so it begins with your relationship to ingesting, it involves your relationship to sleep, food, water, how you do your daily routine. All those things are very, very tied in with all of this. Boundaries, baby, boundaries. So good. The reason I'm talking about boundaries so, so much, so much 
is that although we have this like roaring, like roaring Lionsgate energy on eight 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 Monday, it's gonna be damped. This is gonna be a damped fire come Thursday because Thursday, the eleventh of August, twenty twenty two, is a full moon. In Aquarius, full moons are always culminations, endings, endings always carry within them new beginnings. But this is really like a resolution or something coming to a culmination, right? It's 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 like okay, storyline. This part of the storyline is culminated and moving forward. But the culminations feel heavy; they feel full because Saturn is the dispositor of this full moon, and because he is literally on the de- basically the degree of the moon, he is right there. And I'm going to read some some descriptions of what that is going to feel like. Because he's right there, he is the, the penultimate damper of a party. Like he's the part, he's like, he walks in and he's, he's like the guy in the office. Um, he's like Dwight. I mean, Dwight's a little bit of a Uranus, but he's like Dwight a little bit. It's just like, you're having a good time. And then you're like, oh, he's here. <laughs> oh, it just got weird, you know, or the energy just shifted. There's another great example. Um, what we do in the shadows, the energy vampire also kind of Saturn like all the vampires are around and then there's the one human that's the energy vampire that's Saturn coming into a room and sucking the air out of it so not you know I'm being dramatic Uh, it's it's Leo season I've got a lot of Leo in my chart uh being a little melodramatic here about Saturn but Saturn is definitely a very serious tone there's a serious tone to this week especially around the tail end of the week 11th 12th you will feel it I think all week, but certainly by Wednesday, the, the, the 10th. So the 10th through the 14th to me feel quite, uh, the a good phrase is reality check, reality check in some aspect area of your life. If you know where Aquarius is in your chart, in your rising sign chart or sun solar chart, great. That's going to be where the reality checks coming in. And, uh, it's not necessarily a super fun reality check. That's Saturn. And the moon doesn't like to be near him. So the moon's, she's a little bit like, oh, I, don't, I didn't, I'm, I'm feeling sensitive. And now I have to be ultra rational, ultra serious. And I have to do an adult thing. It's very adulting energy. And Leo rules children. So like, talk about conflict, you know, we are in the solar cycle where the sun is happiest in Leo. Literally, the sun is the brightest. In in the northern hemisphere, we are at the apex of summer. The sun is shining its brightest. And Aquarius is coming around. <laughs> this is the Aquarius full moon that's like, wah, wah. <laughs> oh, you're having fun in the apex of summer? Here's something that's a reality check. There's a lot of uh, examples of this in the collective. There's obviously monkeypox. There is... Um, and that, that, that's a very Aquarian thing, which is just like, oh, here's another reason to social distance. I mean, Aquarius is the sign of social distancing. This actually all, I'm not going to go into 2020, but Aquarius was very, very present in the signature for the whole six feet apart, stand six feet apart from people. Aquarius was very present, right? So Aquarius is a very detached, aloof sign. Um, so this full moon, you could feel lonely. You could feel detached. You could even be in a crowd of people this weekend, the 10th through the 14th, and feel alone. That's all the moon in Aquarius. Like, oh, you can, oh, I've been there. Oh, I know. Like, I have an Aquarius stellium. I know what it's like to feel completely alone, surrounded by people, or to be digitally connected to millions of people and still, still feel insulated, isolated, scared, or just devoid of emotion. All signatures in Aquarius moon. 
Now, it's a culmination and an ending around some sort of reality check that you have been needing to pay attention to and is a culmination of the boom cycle I've been talking about the last couple of weeks, the electrical Uranian surprise cycle. So for a lot of us, for the majority of us, whatever really started right around would have been the last week of July, especially that new moon, uh, which is the 28th of July, all the way until now, there is going to be some sort of culmination right around the 11th for what was beginning right around that period of time. And especially any surprises that you had in the last two weeks, I want you to think back like, oh, that's a, that's a, either it was a download, like you had a, you had an amazing download or you had an amazing insight and you were like, oh, I have an idea for something that is coming into some sort of fruition or form or reality check around the 11th. And then if you had a surprise that felt scary or intense, there's also some sort of form formation happening around that some sort of resolution you have an inkling or a step two that comes into form and crystallizes that's the positive side of this moon is that it's a reality check but it's a reality check that's nice like you're like oh okay some kind of really wild untempered energy was happening for two weeks and that aquarius full moon on the 11th is like and here's a tangible thing about that and it could be news that you want to hear it also could certainly be news that you don't want to hear. Aquarius is not trying to like make you happy, but also not trying to necessarily make you sad. It's a very neutral sign in that way. It's very disaffected. So I'm going to pull up, I want to read, this is an amazing book that I have in front of me. It's called The Archetypal Universe by Ren Butler. I recommend it for anyone who's really into astrology. It's one of the most beautiful um, resources that I've ever had in my practice. So the energies that you want to be paying attention to during the full moon, but really kind of all of this week that I'm going to just list off a little bit here are emotional maturity and self-control. Big one, big one. See, reality check, like what's, what's real though? Deeply felt responsibility and integrity, conscientiousness and care, emotional satisfaction through hard work, a gift for focused and sustained introspection. Now, all of this is happening while we have this Uranus North Node Mars conjunction that's been like exploding everything, right? So in in a way, I kind of like this full moon in Aquarius because it's like, yo, all that's happening, you still got to ground. You still, you still got to take responsibility for what's going on. You still have to have integrity even though things are coming at you from behind your periphery, right? Or like outside of your periphery, right? Now the shadow side of this is uh, a tendency for cold efficiency and overwork, so people might try to burn out during this full moon. Very likely. Very likely that you're like all work and no play makes Jack a very sad boy, right? Uh, uh, disaffecting from intimacy through work. So just being like, oh, I don't really want to have a deep intimate conversation that I know I need to have with somebody. I'm just going to work instead or I'm going to keep it really surface level. Habitual protection, uh, habitual protection and defensiveness, like I just kind of said, feelings of isolation and loneliness, self-judgment and repression of one's basic human needs. Yeah, Aquarius in the first house. So all the Aquarius risings out there and anyone who has an Aquarius son knows what it's like to <laughs> really knows what it's like to dissociate. This is a very dissociative energy. This is an energy where you're like, I have a body. Oh, I just was existing in my brain. My recommendation to really work with this energy is to be like, I'm going to be in my body. And if that requires me taking a nap, if that requires me engaging in intimacy, if that requires me eating a really nice meal, 
the food might, I'm going to be real. This is going to be real woo-woo for some of you. The food might not taste that good on the 11th. That's the, that's the crazy thing about the moon. The moon is so powerful in terms of how it affects our psychedelic prism of reality. When the moon's in Aquarius, food doesn't always taste that great, but you should still make an effort to have a nice meal or like drink a nice cup of coffee or a nice bottle, like whatever you indulge in that is Taurus and very sensual, it might not taste that great because the moon has that effect on us, but you should still kind of lean in and, and try to counterbalance the energy of Aquarius, which is like all work and no play, right? Or like, mm, whatever, don't want to be in the body. That's the, the shadow of Aquarius. The uh, potential for being picky, fussy, and fastidious, subject to very precise creature needs, hair trigger discomfort, familiar chronic complaints, um, strict being overly strict on yourself, which causes crankiness. These are all the kind of the constricted parts of it. And then the other side, like I'm just going to keep balancing it out here, emotional maturity, healthy self-control, deeply felt responsibility and integrity. I'm kind of uh, going over again. Good fences make good neighbors. I love that. I love that. Good fences make good neighbors. This is what I was talking about earlier with boundaries. Oh, I love that. <sighs> Another one that is in this book is, I have learned the, that only two things are necessary to keep one's wife happy. First, let her think she's having her way. And second, let her have her way. That's Lyndon Johnson. Um, amazing. So, <laughs> yeah, there's a level of compromise here. But also, you know, boundaries as well. It's boundaries and compromise at the same time. You can do both. You can actually do both at the same time. Another thing I'm reading here that I really like is the moon Saturn enhances journeyers capacity for sustained and focused introspection, helping you work through challenging memories around rejection or abandonment. So yes, this is, this comes up with Aquarius a lot. I'm going to put the, put the book down cause I can just really directly speak to this. You may again, feel, um, issues of abandonment or rejection come up around this time. And, and Saturn often literally manifests in our life as a no, as an N-O, like no or or yes, but you have to do all of these things that does not allow you to have the immediate satisfaction, right? Aquarius is very long game, just in some ways like Taurus, like long game, like what's going to work for the long term? And it can feel like a no initially. And Saturn definitely is like, hey, if this is not for your highest, longest good, it's a no. So that no can feel like rejection. It can feel like abandonment, like you had a dream or your leonine desire for pleasure and play and spontaneity and ease can be really challenged around the 11th. So my advice is to be really mindful of who you are engaging with around that full moon. Is there a project coming to a culmination? Do you have to be do you have to be Saturn for somebody and say no to somebody or give somebody a very strict boundary or very strict rules? You may have to be Saturn or someone may be Saturn towards you, Saturnine, right? Here's the boundary. Here's the rules. This is the reality check. So you could be delivering that. And often because life is messy, you could be Saturn in your work situation and then you could come home and your partner could be Saturn, right? Like you could be receiving and giving this energy this week, but it's very present. It's overshadowing the entire week. I would say like the bulk of our optimism will really come on Monday and Tuesday, like that, that eight, eight portal, which is happens at 15 degrees, 16 degrees of Leo, beautiful beautiful powerful leonine energy happens at the top of the week which is like go for your heart's desire like yes you can do the art whatever whatever creative thing you want to do you can do it monday tuesday and then i want you to remember this podcast and be like 
and it might not happen immediately because of X, Y, and Z reality checks that are going to come into <laughs> clarity around the uh, Thursday, Friday, Saturday period. My recommendation, let me take a peek at the moon over the weekend. I think we head into Pisces on the weekend, which I always like. I always like, for anyone who's been consistently listening, I love Pisces moon on the weekend. That's like, take a chill pill. Yeah, I'm looking. Moons and Pisces starting on August 12th. Yeah, love it. So yeah, the 11th, right. The 11th is that culmination moment. You're going to have to face the cold, hard exterior of Saturn in some aspect of your life. And it will also, though, be potentially very grounding to have that reality check, even if your ego doesn't like it. So I want you to kind of play a game with yourself where you're like, oh, Okay, if feelings come up of rejection or reality check that feel challenging, also be like, this is a gift so that I can ground down into what's real for my for me, what's real for my heart's desires. And if I really, if you really want the thing, you will work with Saturn to get it. That's like profound. I mean, I'm having my Saturn return right now in Aquarius. So it's like, if you really want the thing, it doesn't matter how much time it's going to take. You can go get it. That's Saturn. And Saturn brings form. That's what he does. He brings structure, stability through hard work, through Sisyphusian style work. Sisyphus pushing the boulder up the hill, right? So yeah, reality check. But then the next day, boom, on the 12th, moon moves into Pisces pretty quickly. And then the weekend, even though you might still be feeling that cold, chilly breeze from that full moon on Thursday, the weekend, especially Saturday and Sunday, when you're deep in the Pisces mode, like do something that is super self-care, do something that is super loving that often, you know, could involve water, bodies of water, a bath, a sauna, a shower, a long shower, like uh, doing any kind of water therapy, uh, writing, poetry, watching movies, Pisces rules, uh, Neptune, which rules the entertainment industry. And yeah, you could, I mean, some people might want to do like psychedelics this weekend, whatever, like get, get into the Pisces zone, get into the romance and the, uh, eclectic sort of dreamy quality of the weekend as a way to sort of balance out whatever happens on that Thursday. Now I will also say, because I'm, I like to balance it. I like to balance it even further is like, don't try to escape that's the the danger of the Pisces moon coming after an Aquarius moon conjunct Saturn is that you get the reality check and then you're like, I don't want to face that reality check. I'm just going to completely pretend it didn't happen, which is totally possible for a lot of people on the weekend. So it's about balancing the fact that you know that there's some real formula, like formulations that have to happen, Saturn. And you can still take a break on the weekend and just process and be in like a more fluid state of being and then monday's going to come back up it's going to be moon and aries <laughs> you know it's like we're you'll go right back into it next monday so and in fact let me see we start off next week yeah moon's gonna be in aries next week conjunct chiron yeah so anyway you just take a break over the weekend is what i'm trying to say take a break over the weekend but don't don't pretend like things aren't real just take a break over the weekend and i will end this episode by saying that Simplicity is really key here. Simplifying your life, compromising in the sense that you are choosing quality over quantity. You are choosing things for the long term. This will help more than ever right now because I'm looking at these charts and I'm like, 
there's like no way out right now. Usually there's energy where I can find a part of the chart where you can find some sort of solace or you can find a place of like reprieve or the answer, quote unquote. Sometimes there's the answer to a, a type of aspect where you're like, that's where the medicine is. You can kind of, yeah, you can go there to heal basically. And I'm looking at these charts and there is, we're in what's called a grand fixed cross. Like there is no place to go. Uh, the way I describe this to my clients is that it's like the Flintstones tires. Like you can't go very fast if your tires are square. You know what I mean? Like tires need to be circular for you to get going anywhere quickly. So the universe is actually putting like a speed break or an impediment upon our movement because things are reformulating right now. Things are adjusting and it's like the whole system is rebooting in a very powerful way for your long-term good if you are willing to work with it in a slow, steady, patient, and inspired way. It is inspired. This is like super exciting inspired uranium energy but you can't go 100 miles an hour on square tires that's that's 2023 like yeah just wait you know like i'm i'm excited i'm not putting my life on hold i'm still working very very hard but i'm also like oh there's gonna be a lot of fuel in you know spring of 2023 and this year is about really rediscovering or discovering for the first time our true foundations for the next 18-year cycle or longer. So this is huge. It's big. And if you feel like you're going nowhere or you're like accelerating with the safety brake on, that's very much the signature of this energy. Just go slow. Take it slow. Simplify. Cut things out that are completely unnecessary and be you know, consistent with what you are cutting out. Like, just be really, really practice consistency and commitment to your highest good and to what you really desire, what your heart really desires. And that involves getting to know what you really desire. So if you don't know what you really desire right now in your love life, in your career, in your uh, free time, take time right now. This is beautiful time to figure it out. My outro music is coming in. I love each and every one of you. We are going to start back with guests next week. Oh my gosh, so exciting. I've also been loving the simplicity of no guests as well, but we're going to start back up with some amazing folks, and uh, I can't wait. Can't wait to share them with you, and, and uh, yeah. Reach out to me if you want an astrological session. I am here for you. I love each and every one of you always, always. You can catch me here and next week and the week following on The World of Rex. All right, everybody. Take care. Take care.